Well, today we're continuing our series, Love Does. For you see, love is more than just a feeling. It is an action. It is something that takes action. Love is something that has movement, that has energy, that has strength, that has capacity. But even more than that, love is more than just a feeling and more than something that just takes action. For you see, love is a person. And that person's name is Jesus. God is love and he's here to communicate to you that he loves you, that he cares about you. It doesn't matter if you, you feel like you're invisible. It doesn't matter what people have spoken negative over you. It doesn't matter whether you're employed or unemployed, whether you have stress or you have peace in your life. God is here to say to you, he loves you. He died on the cross for you and he's anxiously waiting to meet you to make a difference in your life. Because love does. Love makes things happen. And God is here to speak to you and to encourage you. And I want to challenge you to prepare your heart. Because at the end of our moment, God is going to give us the opportunity to worship him. He's going to give us the opportunity to worship him through communion. He's going to give us the opportunity to worship him through worship. And I just want to say, as you came in, if you did not receive communion elements, just lift up your hands. Our ushers would love to put communion elements in your hand right now so that you can participate in the communion moment at the very end. We'd love for you to be a part of that moment. God has a purpose for your life, and he wants to move us forward. So prepare your heart for this moment. I've titled today's message, Love Like Jesus. Love Like Jesus. Jesus. Say it with me. Love like Jesus. I want to invite you to turn to one person and say, love like Jesus. Then turn to the other person, your second best friend, and say, love like Jesus. Love like Jesus. We were created to receive God's love, but we were also created to give God's love to other people. In fact, our mission is follow Jesus, love people. He invites us to love him by following him. But you know, we can't fully follow Jesus unless we're willing to love other people. And today we're gonna explore how we can love like Jesus. For you see, we live in a world where people are facing desperate times and they feel hopeless and they need to know the love of Jesus. I don't know about you, but the love of Jesus always changes my heart and my life. And I believe that we can be conduits of God's love to a world that desperately needs Jesus. And I'm excited to share this message with you because I believe God's gonna give us the capacity to live out his love to a world that needs to hear from him. Today, I wanna to invite you to join me in 1 John chapter four. We're gonna look at a passage of scripture that talks about what love really is. Now, this passage was written by a guy by the name of John. John was one of the first followers of Jesus. In fact, he's known as one of the disciples and later on, he's known as an apostle. Now, you know Peter. Peter was the, the leader of the group, but John was Jesus's best friend. And what we discover in this passage is what the love of Jesus is all about. For you see, John had a front row seat to see how Jesus lived and loved others. And now he's explaining to us what love really is. So I invite you to open up your hearts as we open up God's word to what he might speak to us to help us redefine what love really is. 1 John chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. This is what it says. This is love. 
Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He goes on in verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God's love lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is what love really is. It's loving God and loving Jesus and loving the world around us. And today I wanna share with you three ways to love like Jesus. Number one, pay it forward. Say it with me, pay it forward, pay it forward. He says this in verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. I love how he starts this address. He tells us, hey, we're friends. I believe that the church should be the friendliest place on earth. For years and years, people in the church world have said that the one hour on a weekend when a church gathers together is the most segregated hour of the week. But I'm thankful that we live in a church where there are multiple generations and people from multiple ethnic backgrounds. I just want you to look around and look. Look at the people around us. I believe Westover looks like heaven. And I say praise the Lord for that. We get the opportunity to reflect the love of God and to reflect what heaven is actually going to be like right here, right now. And he's saying we're friends. And since God loves us, we ought to love one another. He's saying here, God so loved us. Sometimes we hear that and we gloss over it. But I want us to dial in to the extravagant love of God. In fact, this word so is a multiplier and a magnifier. In fact, the best word I can describe the word so is if I were to replace it with the word most. Since God most loved us. Aren't you grateful for the love of God? I'm so grateful. I don't deserve his love, but he freely gives it to me. God's love is available to each one of us if we're willing to welcome Jesus in our life. I'm here to tell somebody, there's nothing that you can do to make God love you more because he already loves you the very most. For you see, the word used in this passage for love is the word agape in the original language, and it means an unconditional love. This means that God has an unconditional love for you and me, and he wants us to experience that love and receive it and welcome it as a free gift into our life. And that's why at the end of our service, we're gonna give you an opportunity to welcome the love of God by welcoming Jesus into your heart. God's love is free and unconditional to us. But this passage tells us that God's love that he wants to share through the world is, through us to the world is conditional. He's telling us that we need to love others as well. The reason why many of us, we struggle with this idea about love is because we have the wrong idea of what love is. In the culture, in the world, love is about getting and not giving. It's about getting and not giving. But godly love is about giving, not getting. It's about giving and not getting because love pays it forward. 
Love pays it forward. Love makes a significant difference. And this word ought here means we are obligated, we are expected to pay that debt, right? God's love comes to us free, but someone had to pay for it. Oh, I'm going to say that again. God's love comes to us free, but someone had to pay for it. We don't get something for nothing. God paid for it in advance. And so sharing the love of God should be something where we pay that love forward that we freely received. Because love pays it forward. This week I got an email from a lady in our church. And she sent me a message via email. She said this, Pastor, a couple weeks ago I went to Target because I needed something. And all the ladies in here, you know what that's like. Go to Target, you go for one thing, you get a bunch of things. She said, what's interesting, pastors, I don't typically go to Target, but that specific day, there was only something that I could find at Target, so I went. And as I was walking out of the store, I met up with the lady who came up to me, an older lady, asking for directions. And we stopped there for a moment, and for 20 minutes, we had a conversation. And in that conversation, I learned that she was unemployed, that she was divorced, and she had no kids. And as I was driving away, the lady said, as I was driving away, I said a prayer, God help her. And as I completed my prayer, God says, I want you to help her. And she said, oh my. So she looked through her wallet. She didn't have any cash on her. So she went down the street to go get some money. And she got the money. And then she said, God, if you meant for me to give this to this lady, when I get back, I pray I pray that she will still be there. And so as my friend drove up into the parking lot, she she saw the lady walking out of the store she was in, and she walked up to her and she said, ma'am, God told me to give this to you. And as she handed the money to the lady, there were tears in this woman's eyes saying, you don't know how much this means to me. You've blessed me so very kindly. My friend said as as she drove away with her kids in the back seat, she was thanking God and praising God for the opportunity to bless someone else. And then she was reminded by a passage in 1 Timothy 5.5 that says this, the widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. She said, because I gave to this lady and I paid it forward, God blessed me and blessed her as well. She said, I discovered a joy in my heart I hadn't felt in a long time. And I really began to understand that passage in scripture that says it is better to give than it is to receive. For you see, God's love pays it forward. And God is giving us the opportunity to be conduits of his love to a world that needs to experience it, whether it's just through a kind text message, whether it's through a video message to someone you haven't seen in a long time. Maybe it's through a gift card to someone you know needs a little bit of help. Maybe it's paying for groceries for a single mom with three kids. Maybe it is paying for someone's coffee. Maybe it's to serve as a greeter in this church to pay it forward. If God has blessed you, 
he's inviting us to bless other people together. Maybe it is to serve as a volunteer in our community outreach that's coming up for Christmas, our field of lights. God created us to make an impact. We are the church, we are his bride, and we're intended to communicate his love to the world. I would just say this, if you want to be a part of what God will do, and I promise you he will, what God will do through the Christmas field of lights, I invite you to sign up. You can go to westoverlights.com. You can learn about how you can register and take your family to that experience, but also how you can serve to make a kingdom impact in our community. A little bit of time can make a big difference. We invite you to find ways to pay it forward. Get creative. And if you come up with a creative way, can I just invite you to email me this next week at pastorjohn at westoverhills.church. I would love to hear the stories of how you paid it forward and how God blessed you and the other person. Be willing to share those stories with me. Here's a second way to love like Jesus. Reflect God's love. Say it with me. Reflect God's love. John continues in verse 12 by saying, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I remember when I was a kid, just a little kid, I went up to my dad and I said, dad, what does Jesus look like? Is he tall? What does he sound like? What does he look like? Does he have brown hair? Does he have a belly button? I don't know. What does Jesus look like? I remember asking those questions. And I believe all of us, we wish in this life that we could see Jesus. But I think for most of us, we won't see Jesus until we see him face to face. But here's the good news. God created us in his image. We are image bearers of who God is. And when we reflect God's love, people see Jesus in us and through us. That's how we can reflect God's love. I wanna challenge us to reflect God well because you may be the only Jesus some people see. You may be the only Jesus some people see in your workplace, maybe in your extended family as you go into the holidays and you're sharing God's love with your family. I know you have outlaws in your family. They're supposed to be in-laws, but they're outlaws, and they're difficult. But I want to remind you, Jesus died for them too. Jesus died for them too. And he's saying that we need to allow God's love to live in us. This word live, it means to remain and reside in us. Here's my question. When people look at you, do they see Jesus? Do they see Jesus reflected in your words and in your ways and in the attitude you express? Or do they get a tarnished view of who Jesus really is? I believe that when we live out God's love, we're really following Jesus well. For you see, we were created to receive God's love but we were also created to reflect God's love to other people. We were created to be a reflection, a mirror, a spiritual mirror to a world of who God is and what God's love looks like. We're created to reflect it. 
And reflecting God's love is the only way for his love to remain in us. Because if you look at this passage, it's what it says. If we love one another, then God's love lives in us and his love is made complete in us. What this means is the only way for us to have a complete love and for his love to remain in us is if we're willing to share God's love with other people. Let me put it to you this way. A heart that hates cannot hold on to God's love. A heart that is prejudiced and that is racist cannot hold on to God's love. A heart that doesn't have a heart for the poor, the needy, or the less fortunate cannot hold on to God's love. For you see, we must not only love God, but we must love other people because Jesus died on the cross for them too. And if we withhold love to people around us, we're not letting God's love truly be fully made complete in us. This word complete here means all the way done, all the way finished. Let me put it to you this way, guys. If you've ever smoked anything in a smoker, you know it takes time, right? You have to do it low and slow, and you can't pull it off before it's all the way done. Often what happens is in our faith life, what happens is we love God halfway and then we look at the results of our life and it's not all the way complete. It's not what it could possibly be. I know, I know you love your brisket and you gotta let it be low and slow and let it be anointed with all the juices and the flavor. You have to let it sit and simmer. God's love wants to sit and simmer in your life as well. That's the only way it can be made complete in us. God doesn't want us to have an incomplete love. The only way it can be made complete in us is if we allow it to live in us and live through us. And then God's word and his love will be made complete in us. We can't say that we love God and hate our neighbor. We can't say we love God and disrespect our spouse. We can't say we love God and mistreat our kids. We must do both. Say both with me. Both. We must do both in order to move forward. Here's the third way to live, like, to live and love like Jesus. Number three, pick up the bill. Say it with me. Pick up the bill. Pick up the bill. This is what he says in verse 10. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. True love picks up the bill. We live in a culture where love is misunderstood. It's celebrated and it's elevated. And many of us, we grew up with this Disney mentality of, and they lived happily ever after. But I think many of us, when we look at our own experience, we see that it's not happily ever after all the time. In fact, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's a struggle. We also live in a culture that says, if it feels good, do it. But what happens when love becomes uncomfortable? What happens when love becomes difficult? What happens when love has to be more of a choice than a feeling? In our culture, it says, if it feels good, do it. But once it stops feeling good, you can leave. That's why we live in a culture that talks about ghosting the person or ignoring them or criticizing them or canceling them or slandering them on social media and discrediting their name. God's inviting us to accurately reflect the love of God. If you have an issue with someone, go talk to them directly. 
Let God's love flow through you. Repair it face to face. And if you're tempted to post on social media, pray first. Pray before you post. I think God's inviting us to put down the Twitter stones and kneel on the cornerstone who is Jesus and ask God to help us. Help us love other people. For you see, if there's conflict in the body of Christ, the world is sitting back saying, they're not any different than we, than we are. Why should I accept this Jesus if Jesus hasn't transformed their life? God's inviting us to pick up the bill. That's what he says, this is love. You know, I've discovered three things about true love. Number one, true love is often one-sided. It says in this passage, not that we loved God. God loved us before we had the capacity to know him and the capacity to love him. Love is often one-sided. Number two, true love is often sacrificial. It gives more than it gets. Parents, you understand what this is. The love of a parent is sacrificial. You love your kids even when they don't like you, even when they say they hate you and you're the worst parent ever. Can I just say, just tell you, parents, you weren't created to be their friends. You're created to parent them and you're playing the long game. If they've told you they hate you, but you're doing the right thing, just say, all right, I love you still because love is sacrificial. Number three, true love picks up the bill. What it says here, God sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. This is the premise of the gospel of Jesus. That because of our sinful life, we have a debt of sin that we cannot pay. But by the grace of God, Jesus came to be the atoning sacrifice to pay the full debt and to say, it's paid in full. That's what the cross is all about. It's Jesus saying, it's paid in full. Because again, true love is expensive to the giver, but free to the receiver. And God's inviting us to love other people. I love what one person wrote. This is what they said. God pardons the sins we commit against him at his own cost. God pardons the sins that we commit against him at his own cost. We're the ones who commit sin against him and he pays the price. He freely does it because he loves us. I want to challenge this church. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to have the opportunity to give to kids. We're going to have the opportunity to make a difference in their life. They're clamoring and they're praying, oh God, can I just have a meal? And we have the opportunity as a church to gather and rally behind the mission of God of what he wants to do in their stomachs, but most importantly, in their hearts. And he's inviting us to pick up the bill. Westover, are we willing to pick up the bill? He picked up the bill for us. We have the opportunity to pick up the bill for others. It's $120 to feed a child for the entire year. It's $240 to feed two children for the entire year. I would invite you to prayerfully ask God what we could do to pick up the bill for kids that Jesus died for so that they can have a meal physically. 
but also that they can have a spiritual meal and get to know the risen Savior. And so today as I close, I want to invite all of us to stand. We're stepping to a moment where we're going to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Then we're going to have communion and then we're going to have a moment of worship. And so set every distraction aside. This is a holy moment. Stay with this moment. We want to give you the chance to meet the Jesus who died on the cross for you. Here at Westover, we believe that it's as clear as ABC to welcome Jesus into your life. It's A, admitting you need Jesus because here's the truth. We all need Jesus. B, it's believing in our heart that he died on the cross to pay the debt of sin that we couldn't pay. But the good news, he didn't stay in the grave. He rose from the dead. And C, confessing from our heart with our mouth out loud that we want God to save us and to be in charge of our life. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to invite all of us to bow our heads and close our eyes. We want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus right here, right now. If you're at a place where you know you need to say yes to Jesus, here's what I want to invite you to do. On the count of three, I want to invite you to raise your hand. And what you're doing is you're indicating to God that you need him in your life. One, two, three. Up, 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 up. Yes, hands all across, front to back, side to side, up in the balcony, every head bowed, every eye closed. The word of God says that we must confess from our heart with our mouth out loud that we need him. So I'm gonna invite all of us to say this prayer loud and proud from our heart. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I need you today. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for paying the debt of sin that I have in my life. I believe in you. I entrust my life to you. I set aside everything that gets in the way of my relationship with you. Be my savior. Be in charge of my life today and forever. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.